and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you want to help us improve more, you can actually sign up for our Patreon and donate to that Mm -hmm. at the Kinky Tavern. Um, And you can send us questions or suggestions to any of the following. Yes. We're at the Kinky Tavern on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife. And that's all one word, the Kinky Tavern. We are also separately on FetLife at MDizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. And I am at pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. You can also join our Discord through our link tree or through um, messaging us and we'll send you a link. Yes. We'd love to have you engage with us and help us make this the best place to learn about kink. Yeah, and you can find us also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Almost all the places. Pup Wrecker here again with an update on Scruff Pup's Bark Against campaign. Campaign is still going on. They have met their goal on their Kickstarter, though. However, the Kickstarter is still going for the next 30, 40 days. So any more money given to the Kickstarter will go to help support making more pins and possibly other things as well. Please go check out their Kickstarter and their page and support the Bark Against movement. Hi, Pup Wrecker here. Here at the Kinky Tavern, we support a person's right to bodily autonomy. Our lovely Lord Alan Vidra has provided us with a link to a list of gynecologists who will perform tubal sterilization, which has doctors listed by state. This will be linked in the description of the episode and added to our link tree. So what can we do right now? Here in Kansas, current legislation allows certain abortions to be legal and others to be reviewed by the courts in exigent circumstances. If the bill is passed, no abortions will be legal. Vote no against this bill on August 2nd to continue current legislation regarding abortions rather than banning abortion by labeling it in the Constitution as unprotected. If anybody is going to protest, be safe and be ready to protect yourself. The peace only lasts as long as the counter-protesters and cops allow it. Look for organizations who have been doing this work for a long time. This is only just becoming impactful enough to the general public and those who have power and privilege But many marginalized groups have been fighting for their right to bodily autonomy for decades. Also in our link tree is our kinky resource list. This contains books, movies, podcasts, authors, artists, YouTubers, and more. Also, if you have any suggestions to add to this list, please DM us or email us. We always look to add more. The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mixed Dizzy. And I'm Pup Rocker. And I'm Alan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and today we are talking about flagging. Flagging. Woo, flagging. AKA the Hanky Code. So yeah. does anyone want to real quick throw out the definition before we start on history? Ooh, I got you. Awesome. 
So flagging is to indicate kind of like what you're into. Uh, we use like bandanas or some people might call them hankies with different colors and patterns to indicate different kinks or indicate different fetishes, sexual interests, etc. Awesome sauce, definitely. So it started way back in like the 1800s. It was used by cowboys and like miners in the gold rush days, basically to signify their sexual preferences and what they were into. It was subtle because it was already being used practically, like to cover your face with the bandana with in the minor days or to cover your neck from the sun with cowboys. So it was like a subtle way to show, hey, I'm gay and I'm into this. Um, basically, it was just like left or right at that point. So I was reading up on it a little bit. And since there was so many men during the gold rush era... And over there, there weren't really any women. So, like, when they would have the dances and get-togethers, they would signify right and left if they were the part of the man or the part of the woman as well. With dancing. With dancing. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, dancing. With dancing, yes. I'm sure that's all that was for. Uh-huh. Well. Totally. Uh-huh. But, yeah, like, they'd have, like, the big get-togethers with the dancing and drinks and just, like, a big celebration that... Have fun after the end of the day or whatever. What do you do back when there's no TV or OnlyFans? Right. It's like a roommate meetup. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So you can do roommates forever. Definitely. Roommates till death. Roommates for a night. Roommates forever. Roommates for a couple months. Let's get the U-Haul. hearts desire. (laughs) Let's get the (laughs) U-Haul. Oh my god. Okay, so during the square dancing... Like I said, there wasn't very many women during the gold rush in the San Francisco area. So during the square dancing and dances, they would wear a red hanky in the pocket if they were the man or ready to lead in dancing, basically. Mm -hmm. And they would wear the blue hanky if they were signifying they were wanting to be the woman or to follow during the dancing. So that's the first kind of indication of like red, like associating colors with position basically Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really go into like the left and right i think it was just you wore red to be the man what blue to be the woman so Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was kind of interesting too that it goes back all the way that far yeah flash forward into the 1970s a journalist for the village voice in new york wrote an article suggesting the idea with keys to indicate tops and bottoms in gay scenes so that would mean, like, they're, um, because I know it's, like, a gay thing to, like, have a carabiner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it, like, which side, like, the carabiner would be on, I guess? Yeah, yeah, so with this idea, the journalists had heard about the San Francisco Gold Rush kind of stuff and was yeah. like, well, let's do that, but with keys, because it's really subtle and based on whether your keys are hanging out of your right pocket or your left pocket shows whether you want to be the bottom or the top. And so at that point, it was just the keys. But since then, I mean, it's gone into hankies, it's gone into ribbons, it's gone into carabiners. Carabiners are specifically, from what I've heard, and I'm sure that other A groups... A Yes. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they also use nail colors, which I think is awesome because I started oh. coloring my... You know how they used to have the party nails? Like, mm-hmm. just the one, like, the ring finger was a different color. I do my pointer and middle finger as a different color because those are the fingers I use to do lesbian activities. 
and nice. it's like a little code, like, hey. <laughs> Due to the 1970s being a not great era for for a LGBTQ person, mm-hmm. lots of activism going on in that era. You could be openly gay in the 70s without any consequences. And so a subtle way to let others know what you're into might be for the hanky code. Bandanas are subtle, obviously, because they are easily dismissed as an accessory. So it's easy to flag that in public. Mm -hmm. But most of the people in leather or BDSM spaces who wear bandanas are probably doing so for the purposes of flagging. Right. So you can't really assume in general public that everybody with a bandana on is flagging. But it is, it's kind of easier to tell sometimes, you know, based on how they're wearing it and maybe what other items they're wearing. (laughs) If they are flagging or if they're just wearing a bandana. But it is safe to assume in leather BDSM spaces that it's flagging. Yeah, um, usually if I'm flagging, I'm also, like, wearing my vest or something of the sort. Right, exactly. So, like, it's pretty obvious that I'm flagging. Right. Definitely. I've also seen, I really, really, really want to make one now that I'm starting sewing. I saw somebody made a hanky skirt. Mm. Oh my gosh, that is such a good idea, Em! Right, I thought that was so cute. I, I can't remember oh my who it was gosh. now. Oh my gosh! It was on TikTok. I'll have to look it up and give them credit because they deserve it. <laughs> we need to do that. Okay, we could like FaceTime and do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be a fun date. Um, Let's do it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm so into it. Yes, I would totally wear a hanky skirt. Me too. I thought it was so cute. It was like the top like few inches was like the waistband of a pair of jeans or a jean skirt i was gonna make like a like a hanky scarf Mm -hmm. to like wear to events because it is gonna get like cooler soon yeah and that's whenever i really go into my villain era right yeah hell yeah that sounds awesome yes okay okay Okay. back on hanky codes (laughs) so use of the hanky codes was or use of the hanky codes among gay spaces did decline because Visibility just wasn't as dangerous in general public, and casual sex was getting more dangerous with the AIDS epidemic in the 80s and 90s. So we were not seeing the hanky code used as much, except in the leather community. It's always kind of been around there, and it's varied in popularity throughout the years among non-leather queer people. But in the leather community, it's been pretty much a staple. And of course, hankies do not denote consent. They are just to start a conversation. Just kind of a thing to say, hey, I'm into this. You want to talk about it? Different shades and colors still mean different things throughout the U.S. Uh, The ones that we're going to talk about today are from a specific hanky code guide that I found. I believe it was through Cody Coyote on TikTok. And I will post that link and the link to their video as well. Um, I used a lot of TikTok for this, like Phrygian Monk, Cody Coyote, Moxie Minion, like great creators. Yes. Okay, another one is Boots. Yes. On TikTok. Mm-hmm. She is also great with Hinky Code. But honestly, my favorites are Monk, Moxie, and Boots. Yeah. And then Buck Carter. Oh, Buck Carter. I did use his. Buck Carter yes. is so good. I love him so much. He's so adorable. He is so cute. He seems like a really cool dude. 
I feel old. I'm not on the TikTok. I don't I don't like the TikTok. So <sighs> I am not using TikTok because when Pup Amp did his first his very first live on TikTok, they banned him for like a week because he was talking about kink at pride. I was watching the same stream on Twitch and there was nothing wrong we were talking about, but he got shut down on TikTok. So That is bullshit. Well, it is becoming a better place to talk about kink. So Well, I mean, I mean there's a bunch of creators that are on there that are really good. Even when I was on it, I never used it. I honestly didn't really use it much except to check the videos that people had sent me mm-hmm. until I found Kink Talk and like Phrygian Monk and Penny and people like that. Oh my gosh, yes, Penny Love. Yes. Um, I may or may then, not have found them through you. <laughs> yeah, and then Darko, mm-hmm. who is Penny's sir, he is also on live a lot talking about like kink education and stuff like that. Hmm. Awesome. Yes, highly recommend. Awesome sauce. Very we'll have good to humans. We'll have to throw a list on the description of all the TikTokers we follow and love. <laughs> okay, so the hanky code. So the hanky code, if you wear the hanky or whatever, keys, whatever, on the left side of your body, you are the top or dominant in the interest, activity, kink. Uh, If you wear it on the right side of your body, you are the bottom or submissive. Traditionally, this was in your back pocket, but you can also tuck it into your belt or wear it in your hair, wear it on your upper arm. Wearing it on your wrist could denote that you're curious about it or exploring. Wearing it on your neck or in the middle of your belt would show that you're a switch or up for either top or bottom. Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned the carabiners being used by lesbians and nail polish colors being used by lesbians. So we have a very long list of colors and I wanted to start with just the original ones. And again, these weren't the same everywhere and they still aren't. But these are like the OG colors that you'll see some of the older gay people flagging. Mm -hmm. So we've got black, which is heavy SM play. I wear that one at work. Nice. I I would wear that one if I was flagging. Nice. There's gray, which is bondage play. Uh, Dark blue would mean anal sex or fucking. Yes, please. Light blue is for oral sex. Yes, please. Green is for, and that's like a Kelly green color. That's for like sex work, paid sex, sugar relationship, or some kind of encounter where you're paid, essentially. Um, Red is fisting. Yes, please. Purple is piercing play. Mm -hmm. Yellow is water sports. Go on. (laughs) Brown is scat play. And orange is down for anything slash very few limits. Yes. <laughs> so those seven are... seven of those so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we counting? I'm counting mine. Okay, I'll have to go back through and oh, count them. But I just know like the shit that I flag already. Right. There's so many. We're about to go through. Um, so there's lots more options now just based on different people kind of throwing their own hat in the ring, so to speak. There's the black checkered flag, which means safer sex. Yeah. So typically, I use a condom. Those um, actually started appearing kind of in the late 90s or right in, around in the 90s. Yes, they, they were kind of a response to the AIDS, AIDS epidemic. epidemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. There's black hound's tooth, which is biting. Uh-huh. There's charcoal, which is latex or rubber. White hankies mean masturbation or hand jobs or cum play. 
purple sequin hanky would mean genderqueer, which I didn't know, and I need one of those now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do you find a purple sequin hanky? I don't know, man. I might, I might have to have make to one. Yeah. There's royal blue, which is into uniform play. There's blue with bones, which is pup play, of course. <laughs> Teal is for CBT or genital torture. CBT is cock and ball torture. Robin's egg blue would mean 69. Lime green is somebody that wants to be treated to or treat someone to dinner. Dark green is traditionally daddy, but I put caregiver little. And then mint green is mommy. Mommy, sorry. <laughs> mommy, sorry. <laughs> Gold is for threesomes. Mustard is for eight inches plus. Rust is for pony play. Ooh. Maroon is for blood sports. Yes. Magenta is for armpits, mm-hmm. which I was kind of surprised that there was like a whole color for it because i i know that's a kink but i haven't really known anybody with that kink i think that's a pretty old one too like it it was on there for a while Hmm. so yeah interesting fuchsia is for spanking Uh light pink is for dildos Uh dark pink is for nipple play or nipple torture Uh tan is for sweat and tears Mm -hmm. beige is for rimming camo is for outdoor or public play or sex yes please oh yeah. Galaxy is trans for trans. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A baby blanket is for ABDL or adult baby diaper lover. Gold, yes. gold lame is for muscles. Silver lame is for a title holder. Uh. And a USB cord <laughs> is for someone that blogs about sex or BDSM. There. I'm done. <laughs> Does anybody want to guess what my number was? Oh, I need to go through and count. <laughs> oh, I was not counting. I wasn't either. I just know what I flag. Well, what I flag currently. I need to, like, make it a belt. Right. Like, that's what I should do for sure. And then, like, if you really have questions about it, then I'll be like, bottoming. All the bottom. All right, what was your number, babe? 28. Jesus fucking Christ. Mine was 18. <laughs> okay, so I flag black most of the time. I don't have any gray, but I do want to get some. And then I also flag light blue. I want to get a green flag, but I do not have one. I have a burgundy one, which just means blood play. Mm-hmm. And I typically wear that like on my top side. Mm-hmm. I do have mustard. Nice. Yes. And I flag that one like often. I need to get the blue with bones because obviously. Right. I used to have a robin's egg, but now I don't because I have no freaking clue where it is. And then I do have a tan somewhere. And tan in my area doesn't mean sweat and tears. Oh? Yeah, so that's something that we should also point out, is that these are, like, according to your area. It's not universal at all. Like, it's it's so different based on where you're from or what group you're going to. Yeah. So what does tan mean? Tan means cigar play in my area. Yes. I'm surprised there wasn't one for that. I know. Actually, let me look and make sure that, like, that, because I've seen that on a list somewhere. Yeah, I thought Hmm. I had before, too. I know there's, like, so many lists out there. There are so many lists. There's, like, a huge list. Mm -hmm. There's, like, they're everywhere. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. You search Hanky Code and you get like 10 different charts. Yeah, see, I see one right here and it says Tan is Cigar Play. Oh, huh. all right, okay. cool. I think that it might have been, it might have been what's the safe word that I got the Tan one from. Because it's not on the Hanky Code guide that I have downloaded. Huh. Amp and Mr. Christopher had a plush unicorn and said that that meant plushophilia. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was interesting too. I like that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I love to collect squishmallows and like various different squishies you see in my collection. Uh, yeah, same You haven't seen um, our our collection. Our collection is partially in storage. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuffies, guys. I think you might have a problem. <laughs> Not like in a storage container or something, just like in a bag in the back room. <laughs> or several bags in the back room. A couple bags. And then also in the closet. Sounds like a lot of bags, McDizzy. Kind of around in that room over there a little bit. Can you estimate for us how large the first stuffy you gave me was? Um, it, how big was it? It was it's like three and a half, four feet long. Yeah. And you've bought me, what, four or five others that are that big? Yeah. So, whose fault is it here? <laughs> you were the one that wanted them. Sounds like you both have a problem. I don't know that it's a problem so much as a solution. Coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> a solution. I would have to agree with that. I feel like that would be, yes, a solution. <laughs> so, I did want to talk about some of the recent discourse I've seen, specifically on TikTok, regarding flagging. Oh my gosh, I've heard it. Yes. But go ahead. The idea is to repurpose flagging to indicate identity and safe spaces for queer youth. So, while I think that something to indicate identity and safe spaces for queer youth could be a positive, there are also a lot of issues I have with it by itself, but to utilize flagging, which is still an alive and well cultural and sexual practice... To use that with children is is no bueno. Second of all, that's disrespectful to leather and leather culture. What what do you think? I think that, like, I like the fact that we're trying to indicate safer spaces for queer youth. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do need that. There are resources for that, though. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, certain areas that will have things like... My area has the Q, mm. and it's, like, it's called the Queer Space. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, what, like, literally what it's called. And it's, like, a place where you can literally go and hang out with queer people who are of the ages of, like, 13 to 23. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they have group therapy sessions that are free. You know, they host events. They do all these kinds of things. So if you really want to, you know, have a good like queer community there are spaces for that Mm -hmm. uh, especially for young people so if that's what you would like to do then definitely make queer spaces um but to like advertise it maybe like find your own thing well (laughs) like and there already are like yeah there's there are there's the safe space pink triangle which yes. not, I mean, you can get that sticker and just put it up yourself, but in um, most educational places, like institutions, schools, stuff like that, they have to go, th- like, they get that by going through a little course. 
Yeah. About how to support queer students. So I think that that's, that's already a thing. I think that if we do it on the individual level, like they're talking about where you wear, I don't know, a pink polka dotted hanky if you're a safe space for queer youth in your pocket, well, then a predator who hears about that can go buy a pink polka dotted hanky and put it in their back pocket and pretend to be a safe space for queer youth. And we're telling queer youth, oh, these people are safe spaces. And that's just not, it's not a good situation. You're setting up for failure and harm for these children. Yeah, 100%. And like, I don't know, it just gives me bad vibes just because it's already an adult thing that we still perpetuate like to this day. Yes. Um, And it has kind of always been a thing for adults. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want queer spaces that are like friendly for younger people, that's great. There are other things for that. Definitely. Um. Just don't try and take something that's already a part of your queer culture. And I think that that's just an, as a general idea, co-opting someone else's thing, some culture's thing, appropriating that for your own movement. That has been such an issue lately with the red handprint being co-opted by yes. the Roe v. Wade movement. And like, we get it you're being silenced. There's blood on people's hands that it, it makes sense with the symbolism, but that has been a thing for decades, if not longer in the native American communities, indigenous communities talking about the people that are missing and murdered indigenous women thank you. and children. Yes. Missing and murdered indigenous women and children. And it's like, it's already got its own thing. It's an organization. It's a movement. Don't co-opt that. Don't steal that. We could talk about the erasure of Native American history and cultural appropriation mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I could. Yeah. But yeah, no, that that is like terrible that they are doing that currently. Just because like the missing and murdered indigenous women movement is already uh, one that is not entirely recognized by everybody mm-hmm. and has been trying to be covered up yeah um and to steal that symbol from native women already yes is like what the what the fuck are you thinking like sit down take a million seats shut up Mm -hmm. you already have your own things yeah and i can understand if this came from someone creatively coming up with this idea ideas sometimes happen naturally that are already in the world and you didn't know that and that's fine but at that point at the point that someone says hey that's already a thing you say oh god i'm sorry let me take a million fucking seats here and come up with something else creative but honestly white women in this movement currently they are being the detriment to themselves already like just talking about activism for a sec like White women are screwing themselves currently. Mm -hmm. So, like, women of color know exactly how to organize. They know exactly how to fundraise. They know exactly what to do. Whenever it comes down to it, when have white women ever been there for women of color? Never. Like, when has that happened? It's like, oh, no, we're good. We won't be organizing right now. And then it's like... 
as soon as it affects white women, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, it's time to organize. Let's let's organize. And then women of color are over here like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm okay. You know, I've been organizing for freaking my whole life. Yes, absolutely. And like you haven't wanted to organize then. You weren't you weren't worried about my rights. But as soon as it bothers you, as soon as it infringes on your rights, then you get a little bit of a taste of what women of color have been through. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. Doesn't feel great, does it? It's like when the suffragist movement happened and then when the first Roe v. Wade happened, it's like these, like you said, white women just all of a sudden pop out of the woodwork and are like, yeah, we're activists, we're doing stuff. And then they they get their way and they disappear. Yeah. And that's not activism. That's No, it's performative. Yes, exactly. That is 100% performative. If you can't be here for the whole movement, don't come here for just part of it. Mhm. You know, like you need to be here for the whole thing. Yeah. And that includes like standing up for LGBTQ rights. Mhm. That includes standing up for um, people of color and their rights. That includes standing up for ICWA. That means standing up for DACA. All of those things. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just be a player in one part of the game. Right. You know, if if you genuinely care about these causes and you genuinely want to be involved in activism, like, don't half ass it. Mm hmm. Yeah, like the the recent stuff with well, it's basically continuation of Sesta Fosta talking about yeah. taking TikTok down off of the app stores and stuff like that, and people are influencers are throwing a fit. Well, where were you when sex workers were telling you that Sesta Fosta was horrible and was going to be a slippery slope? It it only matters when it affects you. Like that's not how activism works. Activism is for everybody, not just for your problems. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we just got off on such a tangent. We did. <laughs> but uh, that was so important to... But it is. It's so important to talk yeah. about. And it's so frustrating, especially being in the Midwest where we're at, that a lot of these white savior complex people will pop up and be like, oh, we're working for activism. And then maybe they'll stick around for a little bit thinking they're being white saviors and you know work on indigenous people's, indigenous women's rights and stuff like that. But they're they're not going to stick around for long, let's be honest. No, no, and they never do. They never do stick around for long. Exactly. Yeah. And it's sad. It is so sad. Hopefully with a little bit of... Because, like, I'm a white woman-presenting person. And it has taken me... It's taken me until the past few years to truly understand. Because... I have always been anti-racist. I have always been anti-sexist. Like, that's how I was raised. But there were a lot of internalized isms that I had that I really had to work through and still am. And it's not your fault if you're a white woman. It's not your fault if you're born a white woman. It is your responsibility to use that privilege to work on yourself, get yourself right, and do the activism. Your voice is unfortunately more powerful than women of color's voices. That's just how it is nowadays. In To society, not to yeah. everybody, but to society. 
it, it has more power because it has more influence. It's, it's just how it is. It's racism and it sucks, but use that. Yeah. And I mean, also that being said, if you are going to be doing any activism at all, you should be involving people of color in that activism. Yes. Look for the organizations that are already set up. Yes. Look for organizations that are already set up. That is exactly what I mean. Um, Organizations that are already set up. Organizations who have already been scheduling protests for, you know, years now. Yes. Um, There are tons of them in your area, I promise. Just, like research them um and ask around mm-hmm. ask your friends ask your family ask anybody mm-hmm. even um, google will find you something yeah even google will help just organize and part of the reason it's so important to include these groups that are already existent is not only because they've been here they've been doing the work they you know etc they deserve the they're going to get us further. Like there's so many reasons, but also they have been doing this work. They have done the trial and error that activism is for years, and it will cut back on a lot of the trial and error that you have to do with this new movement that you're interested in. If you work with them, true. if you work under them and like also centering those voices as well, like centering um, Mm -hmm. voices of people of color, centering, BIPOC voices that is so important currently definitely like I cannot stress that enough um you combat erasure with inclusion Mm -hmm. Uh, you combat erasure with equity and to do that that means that you have to sometimes put the microphone down for yourself and Mm -hmm. hand it over to somebody who probably has a bigger passion for it definitely and you can have that passion, too. That's great. But, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is to put the microphone down or to point the microphone towards somebody who knows. Yeah, absolutely. If there's somebody there that has more knowledge, more foundation, more funding, I hate to say it, behind them and stuff like that, it just makes sense to have them speaking because... That's the organization that's going to be more successful. And if you join with them, you will be more successful. If you listen to them, you will be more successful. And you are raising BIPOC voices. And that's not to say that in your area, if you've done the research and you've found that there aren't any groups that do that, uh, that do the thing that you're particularly interested in, then honestly, you know, Try and make a space for yourself. Like, try and make Mm -hmm. a space for your friends, for your family, for your sisters, for your brothers, for your siblings, Mm -hmm. uh, literally anybody. And I'm sure that there are probably statewide or federal-wide or international groups that would help you with resources. They may not be able to help you with funding or with, you know, much of the organization, but they can give you resources that they've used to make their business or their movement successful that's um i guess all we're trying to say here at the kinky tavern is uh organize and protest 
Yeah. And center BIPOC voices. Organize and protest. Yes. Center any and marginalized voices. Yes. That's that's what we're saying. Yes. Um, and don't forget that leather is activism. So if you're not participating in activism and you wear leather, maybe you should rethink that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Yes. I think there are a lot of people who identify themselves as leather who need to rethink their ideas of what leather means. Unfortunately, that is true. And not to say that we all three don't have work to do. Everybody has work to do. But yes. we are actively doing the work and... And we are constantly moving. Yes. And growing. And I think that's important. I'm trying yes. my best to. <laughs> you are doing so great, sir. Oh. Yeah. Aww. Doing so great. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you too, little one. Aww. Y'all are so cute. Well, I'm proud of you too, Mixed Dizzy. Aw, thanks. Me too. You're doing great. You're doing good things with the podcast. I'm trying. Yes. <laughs> you're so good at this shit. I'm so glad that Aww. you're here, because honestly, like, if I wanted to start a podcast, I don't think I could do it without either one of you. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Yeah. Well, I am glad that you have been become a part of it, because it it adds a lot. It really does. Aww. Yes. I like to be yeah. here. Yay. <laughs> and I like to make you, like, all flustered by talking into the mic. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I love your reaction so much. But you can't see it. Do you know what it is? So much. <laughs> it's like, so, my headphones... They are noise canceling, so you're the only thing I can hear. And oh. so, like, it sends a shiver down my spine, and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brat Daddy, do you have a daddy oh. joke to end up this? Oh, ep- I actually do have a joke. Oh. I was looking it up. Oh. Y'all were doing your rants about <laughs> your thing. Oh, well, good job. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad you were actively listening to your partners. I was for a bit, but then. <laughs> I was for a bit, and then I had to, like, pee really bad. And. <laughs> so on. I went and peed really bad. Oh my god. I should have recorded it for you, but I didn't. <gasps> Sad. I've got others I can send to you, so. Okay. That's fine. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Alright. Here it is. I'm ready for it. It's the daddy joke. Is it bad? No. Oh. That's pretty bad. Okay. (laughs) How do you make a hanky dance? How? You put a little boogie in it.